0: Welcome to Beaver Lodge Alliance's Sermon Podcast. We're so glad to join you. This is the latest sermon. We pray that you would receive encouragement, exhortation, and that Jesus would speak to you through this sermon. Enjoy. Well, good morning. You know, as I've been thinking about this sermon this morning, and this is not at all in my notes, or at all what I was gonna do for my introduction. Um, but as I was like thinking through how I prepared my sermon for this morning, I realized that I definitely prepared this more so how I would speak to the youth group. And it's kind of more of like the time frame of how I would speak to the youth group. So all of you guys get to experience that now, because I speak differently to the two groups. Um, so I've been at the church here for just over two years. And I remember when I was looking at getting the job, I was still in university. Uh, It was in January when I started to look for a job and I had just gotten my accreditation. And I was like, oh crap, I'm gonna be graduating from university soon and I have no idea where I'm gonna go after. So I hopped onto the uh, Western Canadian district of the Alliance, Uh, I hopped on their website and started looking at jobs. And this church, Beaver Lodge, was still looking for a youth pastor, so I decided to apply. And as I applied, I I got super, super nervous. I was like, oh man, life is actually happening now. I'm actually gonna be kind of an adult. And I had my interview and Amy and Dave and Greg were all on that call. And I was like really, really anxious on that call. I was like, oh man, these people who really know about the church world, these people who have been like operating within the church are the people who are now asking me a bunch of questions. And I don't know if I'm gonna have the right answers or the right knowledge. And I was really anxious about that. I was really concerned about that. And, and apparently they liked me enough to have me come up for Candidation. So I came up for Candidation and I remember getting, getting ready for my Candidation weekend. And I was like, I, don't even, I still don't even know where this place is on the map. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going up to this place called Beaver Lodge. I've met some people who are from that church. I know somebody who lives close to Beaver Lodge and knows people from the church, but I still have no idea where this small town is. So I and like Pastor Greg had already bought my plane ticket for me to come up. So I was like, I, I should probably find out where this place is. And it kind of made me even more anxious because I was like, this place is in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> there there's not really much up here. I don't know anybody. I'm an introvert. So talking with a bunch of new people is always difficult. And I got even more anxious about that. And then I got here. The weekend was a good weekend. I met a lot of people. I couldn't tell you who all I met, aside from some people in what, I, what the church used to call the young adults group, that aren't really young adults. <laughs> 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 but, I, but I went out and, and had a fire with them and met, met the elders, I think, and, a couple of other people, and I felt a little bit more settled, but I was still really concerned. And then after coming up for candidation, me and my buddy Ben, we went on walks daily to talk about this job. And I was like, processing through, I was like, is this the job that I'm supposed to take? Is this where God's calling me? Am I supposed to go up there? There's not really anything up there, and there's not any young adults, so there's not a young adults group that I can join and there's nobody that I already know who lives up here. And I was really, really worried about taking this job. And then, obviously, I did take the job. Uh, my call with Pastor Greg, uh, when he did offer me the job, went really well, and he just settled some things in my spirit, and I took the job. But I share that story because this morning we're gonna be talking about uh, what it looks, what, what it means to be concerned, and then also what it actually means to be content. Uh, so we're going to be talking uh, through Philippians 4, uh, chapters 6 to 13, uh, but before we dive into that, uh, if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to open them to that, uh, but I'm just going to give some brief background on that letter. So uh, the, the, le- the book of the Philippians, if you don't already know, which hopefully you do, is a letter. It's a letter to the church within Philippi, uh, and Peter, or Paul was the person who wrote this letter, and he wrote the letter from within a prison cell. Um, so th- that, that kind of ties into what we're talking about this morning, writing a letter to a church, trying to be hopeful for the church while you're in prison, because that would be concerning to be in prison, especially where he was in prison, because uh, he was imprisoned in Rome, and he was a Roman citizen. So back in those times, the Romans weren't actually supposed to really be imprisoning other Romans. It just wasn't something that happened. Um, but that, that's where he was writing this letter. And then... Uh, he was writing it to the church in Philippi, and the church in Philippi is actually one that he planted. So he knows this church, he loves this church. Um, and that's where, where, where his heart of this letter is coming out of, because he knows this church intimately. Uh, so we're gonna read uh, Philippians chapter 4, uh, verses six to 13. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, You've renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret to being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength." So this morning we're gonna be looking at what it means to be concerned, and then how we can learn to be content. So what what exactly does it actually mean to be concerned? And the definition of, of the word concerned is really a simple definition. It, it literally just means to be anxious or worried about something. Uh, so where, where does concern come from? Concern comes from looking at our situations and not being settled or satisfied with it. So with my story about coming up here, I, I wasn't settled about coming up to this church uh, before I had my meeting with Greg. I was really anxious about it. I was was trying to control my own situation because I didn't know if God fully had this for me and I didn't know if I could fully put that faith in him. So this worry could be about your career. I know most people here likely already have the career that they're gonna be in for the rest of their life or for most of their life but you've likely had times, whether when you first started this current career or as you're still looking for a career, that you're not actually sure, that you're not 100% sure or truly happy with what you're doing. I know that I've had conversations with different people who have done a job for many years and they're still like, oh man, it's just kind of something that I do. I don't really like it, I just kind of do it. Or like my brother, he's two years older than me, and he's still trying to figure out what to do with life, and he's concerned about it. He's like, I'm not happy with what I'm doing. I'm not sure where I'm supposed to be going in life. I'm not sure what God has for me. So a career could be something that brings a lot of concern for people. Or it could be not entirely satisfied with the gifts that God has given you. That's something that actually, that I've found brings a lot of concern for people, is God has created each of us with different gifts from the Holy Spirit, but then there's, almost always, I've found a piece with inside people where it's like, oh man, I really wish that I had that gift instead. God's built me this way, but I really wish that I could do this instead. Like I know for myself, one thing that I've always wished that I could do was speak in tongues, because I've always thought that it would be really cool. But as I say that, it's, and as I've thought that it's, I'm actually not, as I think that it's, I'm not satisfied with what God has given me. And I'm actually wanting something different and I'm not settled. And through this, this concern comes from a root of wanting to have control over our lives or trying to play God. We want to be able to control, we want to be able to do exactly what we want. And it's not actually sitting and being like, okay God, this is a situation that I'm in, I'm gonna turn it over to you. That's where concern comes from and where that anxiousness comes from. If we look at Philippians 3, uh, we can see that Paul has concern. So even though he's talking to the uh, Philippians and telling them, hey, you don't have to be too worried, and as you're anxious, you can bring, bring your, these sins to God. Paul himself actually is concerned. But he's not actually concerned for himself. He's concerned for the people in Philippi. He's concerned for that church. And the reason why he's concerned for them is because they're putting their confidence within the flesh. So if you look at uh, Philippians 3, verses 18 to 19, it says, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Paul isn't concerned for himself, but he's concerned for these other people. He's saying, I see that you guys want to be able to control your situation. You guys want to be able to do these things. You guys want to almost play God, and I'm concerned for you because I love you. Paul isn't concerned about himself, and we can see that in verses, uh, in chapter four, verses six and seven where it says, he knows, he knows that God transcends all understanding and guards our hearts and minds. Paul himself has learned to be content because he knows that he has God. And I'm not saying this because, so yes, content, uh, concern, um, is, is something that can be dangerous, and is something negative. However, there's also an aspect to it that is positive. Um, it can be healthy to, concern, to have some concern in life, but I'm saying that it, we need to learn to be content and not concerned, because it becomes a problem when we let it control our lives. And that's how I've seen it uh, mostly come up, uh, both within my own life and in the lives of others that when a person is concerned about something, it it actually ends up consuming them. It doesn't become, okay, I'm concerned about this, so I'm gonna go do something about it, or I'm concerned about this, and I'm gonna actually lean more into God, saying, I'm concerned about this, so I need to do something about it, so I'm not concerned, so I can get out of this situation. So how do we actually become content? It can take a long time to learn how to be content. And I know for me, that took a number of years. And during those years, I was always worrying about different things. Uh, And one specific thing that I remember I always used to worry about was money. So my family, like I grew up, my dad was a youth pastor, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and I have an older brother and an older sister. So there wasn't always a ton of money within my family. So I grew up not having a lot. But then when I started to go to university, and university is very expensive, I had even less money than when I was growing up. And that was something that always brought a lot of concern for me. There was, there was one year I remember um, I was coming home uh, from school for the summer. And I had enough money to either pay for my car insurance, pay to put gas in my car, pay to get groceries, or pay for my phone bill. I couldn't pay for more than one thing. I only had enough money for one thing. And I was really, really worried about that. I became really, really anxious. I was like... God, what the heck am I supposed to do? Like, I need my car to be able to get around, but I guess I could walk to work, but then that's the only thing that I could do. I can't get anywhere else. Or I could uh, get groceries, so that I don't starve, and I'll actually have some kind of energy. Or I could pay for my phone, which I actually needed for work. So my decision was to pay for my phone, but I was still really concerned. I was like, God, I have no idea what's going to happen here because I had a full month where I wouldn't get a paycheck. So it was pay for my phone bill and then no money. And I was really, really concerned, because so I was like, I'm gonna starve. I'm, I'm just gonna starve. I'm not gonna be able to go out and see friends because I can't actually get to them, and they're all working full-time as well. And I wasn't actually fully trusting that God was gonna provide for what I needed. I was concerned about my situation, so I was trying to find different solutions. I was trying to figure out, okay, would I be able to get like a cash advance from this job? Would I be able to get like a second job even though I'm already working full-time? If I got a second job, would I actually be able to get to it without my car? And I was really concerned and I was trying to make that happen for myself. But God, during that, during that time, God actually showed me, hey, you're concerned about this, but I control the situation. You might be here and you might be concerned, but I can control this situation. So I remember the one day I was just talking with my, ben, with my buddy Ben, and I was telling him the situation that I was in, and I was like, dude, I don't know what I'm gonna do. All I can do is pay for my phone right now because I need it for work. And I also knew that he didn't have any money because he was also a university student. So it wasn't like going to him and being like, hey, could you let me borrow some money so that I don't you know, starve? Because he didn't have money to spare. But I remember, it was a couple days later, and I opened up my front door to head out to work, and there was three grocery bags full of food, like packed full to the point where I was like, if I pick these up, will the handles break? And it was God providing for me, it was God going, hey, trust me, I have you. You, don't, you can be concerned, but come to me about this. So what does that look like? What does it look like to be content? It's not focusing on circumstances. It's not sitting and constantly focusing on where you're currently at, but it's actually focusing on Christ. It's it's acknowledging, okay, this is where I'm at. This is the place that I'm at in my life. But God, I know that you're here. God, I know that you have my hand and you're pulling me through. It's surrendering that situation. Verse six says, "Bring your requests to God." It's when when I was in that situation of not having food, I could have easily been like, "Okay, God, this is where I'm at. Where I'm at. You know exactly what I need to get through this, and I'm gonna trust you to to make help me make it through." So what does that actually look like in a practical sense? So where, do most, where are most people not content? Think about your own life. Where might you might not be content? And if you're not entirely sure, I can almost guarantee you that there's some aspect in life that you're not entirely content about. For most people, I found it's with their money, with how much money they have. Everybody wants to be able to have a little bit more money set. They might be able to go do this or buy this thing, or it could be, I wish that I had a little bit more money so I could go see family. Or it could be with the car that you have. Like, oh man, I'm just driving like, this beater vehicle and I'm not sure if it's gonna make it from point A to point B, but it's still trucking. But I wish that I could have this nicer vehicle. Or if you're somebody who's still in school, it could be that you're not content about your grades. I know a lot of people who, regardless of what grade they have, they're always not content with it. I remember one guy in my university, he would always complain about his grades. And he was like the kind of kid who got honors, with like 80s and 90s all the time. And he was never happy with his grades. So if you're in school, that could be something that you're not content about. And one thing that I want to say is, Regardless of what we have here on Earth, we're never actually going to be fully content with what we have. look Look at celebrities. Most celebrities aren't happy with where they're at. If you were to pull up the news and look at a bunch of different articles on different celebrities and how they're doing in their lives, they're probably not happy, and they're probably chasing something new because they aren't satisfied with what they already have. They might have millions and millions of dollars in this really nice house or this really nice car, but they're striving to, oh, I have these things, but like, it, I just can't have these things. I wish that I could get that instead, so I'm gonna try and get that instead. And all of this is putting, putting what we have and putting earthly things in the place of God. Being content and switching from being content, or from, from being concerned to being content is putting God in that situation. It's, I wish that I could have this, but God, I know that you have my back, so I'm just gonna walk with you in this. God, my grades might not be that great right now, but I know that you've given me the intelligence that I need, and I'm gonna continue to study hard, and you're gonna help me make it through. God, I wish that I could go see my parents, and I'm really worried about not being able to go see my parents, because I haven't seen them for a long time, or my parents might not be in really good health, but God, I know that you're gonna take care of me and I know that you're gonna take care of my family regardless if I can go see them or not. So becoming content looks like surrendering that situation, reminding yourself of the truth that God is gonna be walking beside you regardless, that God cares about you regardless. And then as we surrender that situation, it's like a father with their kid going on a walk. If you've ever seen a dad go on a walk with their kid, they're probably holding their hand, and the kid is just right alongside them, super, super happy with them, with being with their dad, even though that kid might be worried about a bunch of different things. They're like, I get to spend time with my dad, and I know that I'm gonna be okay because I'm with my dad. And we get to do that. We get to do that with every single aspect of our lives, Of I'm worried about this, but I'm going to grab hold of my dad's hand, and I'm just going to take these small steps that I can. Because I know that he's, he's watching everything that's going around me, and he's got my back. It's knowing the truth of who God is. Two good verses for that is uh, Deuteronomy 4.31, which, uh, which says, for the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you. And then, Second Samuel 22, verses uh, 32 to 33. For, for who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. These two verses are incredible. And it always reminds me, man, God is solid. God cares about me. It, it, brings a, it actually just brought a picture to my head um, so I used to be a long-distance runner. And one thing that I always loved when, when I was running was being able to see like, the little dome that they had for the finish line and then seeing all the people there cheering and being like, you made it, you made it to the end, you didn't give up. And the image that popped into my head was, God's actually standing at that line. He's both standing at that line and running beside you. He's running beside you being like, you got this couple more steps, you can do it, don't give up. But then he's also at the finish line staring at me, being like, you got this, I'm here for you. Run into my arms and I'll give you the biggest hug. Trust that you can make it because I've given you the strength to make it and I'm right here for you, I see you. And the final thing that can help bring bring contentness into your life is confession. Confession is actually a really powerful thing. And I'm not necessarily saying you need to go to somebody or you need to go to somebody in leadership and tell them everything that you've done in your life so that you can be cleansed. That's not what I mean when I say confession. I mean going to somebody trusted. That could be your close friend. It could be somebody in leadership. Being like, hey, I'm really struggling with whatever it is, fill in the blank. I'm really struggling with money, I'm really struggling with um, getting food on the table, I'm really struggling with not being happy with my car or not being happy with my relationship status or whatever it might be. And being honest about those things, about going to that person and being fully honest and being like, this is where I'm at with things and I'm not happy about these things. And when we do this, we actually get some freedom from not being content or from not being, from not being concerned because we're actually sharing our burden with somebody else. We're getting that out into the open and instead of us dwelling on our own situations and becoming self-focused, we're then pulling that out of ourselves and being like, this is what I'm struggling with. And God hears that too. And as you're talking to that trusted person, God is also listening to you and then being like, okay, we're gonna walk through this, you've actually been honest about where you're at with things. And then as we begin to experience being content, and being content doesn't necessarily mean you're happy all the time. Being content is, it can look like that. Being content, a lot of the times, also just looks like, this is where I'm at, and I'm actually kind of okay with that. But when we, when we learn to be content, we actually receive a lot of freedom. We receive freedom because we don't have to worry about things anymore. Yeah, sure, there's things that we might be like, oh, could use this, could use that, but we're actually not really worried about it or anxious about it like we used to be. We receive that freedom. And then through that freedom, we get peace. If you've ever had that, like, I don't know how many of you guys have experienced this, where you're were really, really worried about something and then you go and talk to somebody or you talk to God and then you're just kind of like, huh, that actually isn't as bad as I thought that it was going to be and I can actually just like sit here and I can be okay. That thing is still going on in my life but I'm actually okay and it brings that peace into your life. So we're going to go into some worship really quick but Basically to sum up what I've just said is being content is to know that God is always with you. If we know that God is always gonna be with us and provide the things that we need, we can be content in any situation that we're put into because we have somebody so much bigger with us. I'm gonna pray quick and then we're gonna go into another uh, song and then I'll come up for the benediction. God I thank you that you are so big that you're so powerful and that no matter what situation we're in in our lives, whatever, is going on around us, that you're bigger than that, that you just wanna grab our hands and take one step at a time with us. God, I thank you that we can trust you with those things and that even if we're not entirely sure about how to be content yet, that you're okay with that and that you're just gonna continue to take that one step at a time with us. So God, I just pray that uh, for each of us here that you will continue to teach us how to be content and how to walk alongside you just one step at a time. Now we love you, Jesus, and we thank you. In your name we pray, amen. So as we close our service off this morning, I just have a challenge for you. Throughout this week, look for places that you might not be content with in your life. And it might be something that is just like a small instant, it might be something that's overarching. And I wanna challenge you, bring that to Jesus. Bring that to somebody that you trust and see what kind of difference that makes in your life. See what kind of difference that makes within that moment and then throughout the rest of the week what kind of difference that makes for you. So church, I just bless you. I bless you to know who Jesus is. I bless you to experience his comfort and his joy and his peace, yeah amen you're dismissed if you if you would like we're gonna have some people uh, up at the front here uh, for prayer Um, yeah you are dismissed Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you'd like more information about us or find out ways to contact us, visit our website at www.beaverlodgealliancechurch.com. We pray today that you would experience the love, presence, and power of Jesus Christ and then make him known.